Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. AXNO. The PSAs you hear on Miller and Condon and iHeartMedia Des Moines are presented in part by Nick Mick. We take care of our own. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon, 11 o'clock hour, just five minutes past 11. I've got a keyword coming up for you in about 15 minutes. Also have Dave Sproul on Iowa State from KASI in Ames. They get set to play one week from tomorrow, an 11 o'clock kick on ESPN. Uh, right now, we're going to head to Churchill Downs, the Kentucky Derby, the first Saturday in September. The overwhelming favorite in the race is a horse by the name of Tis the Law. He's number 17. Number 10 is Thousand Words. He's owned by a couple of Ankeny guys, Dennis Albaugh, Jason Luch, the Albaugh family stable. A Thousand Words comes into this race off an impressive win. He's worked incredibly well since that last race. He seems to be peaking at the right time. Well, the horse can't talk, but the horse's owner can, so let's get to him. He's Jason Luch, part of the Albaugh family racing stable. Jason, Trent, Ken, good to speak with you, Jason Luch. How are you? Hey, doing good, doing good. Thanks for having me on, Ken. Up here at Churchill Downs today, it's a little... So, not a little lot different feeling. I bet it is. <laughs> yeah, I, no <laughs> I saw you guys yesterday in the winter circle after the Pocahontas. You've got a really talented two-year-old filly who crushed the field. Uh, she's still learning wh- how to uh, how to run, and she ran faster than anybody else in that field yesterday. So you got a good one there, but you got a big race tomorrow, Jason. And you know, I want to start with, you know, really. Um, it's phenomenal what you and your and the rest of your crew have been able to do. I mean, it's not easy to get to this race. It's almost impossible to get to this race with a relatively small stable. Um, four out of the last five years, which you guys are going to be able to do after tomorrow. That's remarkable, Jason. Yeah, I really appreciate that, Ken. Um, people that don't understand the, the racing industry, they think the Kentucky Derby is just another day and this is a, such a hard, hard deal to get qualified for. And, you know, there's 27,000 thousand foals born every year, and you're one of 20 that are going in the starting gate. And to make it once is just, it would be an unbelievable accomplishment. And, and to have four of the last five years, uh, I tell you, we're, we're, we couldn't be more thankful. It's a, it's very tough business. And to do that, we've got a great team and we've got great trainers. And um, we've been very fortunate and humble. We don't take it for granted because I know how tough this game is. So we're, we're relishing it. It's a different feel this year, obviously, like I said, but, it's still you're running the Kentucky Derby, and we're going to have a great time. Don't want to give away any of your secrets at all, Jason, but how do you do it? I mean, you go to these big sales, and, and what does it take to find a, a colt that you like? You say, that's the one. That's the one that's going to take us to the Derby. Yeah. Well, we got a great team, and we have great guys out inspecting. We have a great guy that does our pedigree analysis. And when we go to these sales, we're not, we, we do a lot of crossing off, and we get it really narrowed down to you know, 15, 20 horses that we're going to go after. And, Hopefully they can fall in our price range, but we're we're, we're looking for colts that can we think can get the classic distance, and they got to meet go through a lot of hurdles and hoops, and when they all check the boxes, we're we're all in on them usually, and thankfully we we purchased the right ones. This one that we bought a thousand words two years ago was a was a hefty purchase price, so yeah. we had to get a partner involved 
to, to help us out because we knew he was going to be expensive and he just he was a phenomenal looking yearling had the pedigree to go two turns and and so we're just thankful to, that we were able to secure him and and he's been doing great you know he's uh bob baffert i have a lot of trust in bob baffert he's, he's turned this horse around and can be more excited the way he's training and obviously we know that <laughs> tis the law is going to be very tough tomorrow and and uh but it's, it's a horse race, and you know anything can happen. Indeed. And that uh, big price tag Jason was referring to, this thousand words cost a million dollars at the Keeneland sale September uh, a couple of years back, 2018. Well, let's talk about Tis the Law before we get into thousand words, who I think is coming into this race as, uh, as well as any of the other horses that you'd started on the first Saturday in May. But the heavy favorite, as you mentioned, is Tis the Law. Boy, he almost, the way he's destroying the competition, he won the Belmont, he won the Travers, which is the biggest race usually after the Triple crown um he's in great form jason what have you seen from him since he's got to churchill have you been able to see him yeah and, and how do you think he gets beat if he does and you're right they all get beat at some uh, yeah. point yeah yeah i've watched him train i've watched him in school in the paddock and honestly yeah, i can't find a chink in the armor to mm. be honest with you he is he's just really solid training great looks great um training his weight well uh, ears are perfect he's just everything about him is, is tremendous and uh, the only way I see him getting beat is if he gets in traffic trouble. Really, that's the only way, you know. And the 17 horse. Well, now we're I think we're down to 16 or 17 now. Another scratch today. Um, there's uh, you know it's traffic in this big field. Anything can happen. And you know you come out of the gate, and you get stuck wide on the first turn, and you get stuck behind horses. But he's got so much tactical speed that he's breaking from the outside. It's going to take a major chore to. For him to get in trouble, I think. Uh, looking at the odds right now, tis the law now even one to one, uh, nine to one though for thousand wow, words. Come down, coming down. Wow. The, and the ten wow. position. What your thoughts on that? Uh, drawing the the ten post. You know, I was really happy. Uh, you know, I didn't want to get stuck inside. You yeah. know, people, all the horses come over on you, and I didn't want when we when we got uh, our position. There was three. There was three uh, posts left: two, seventeen, and ten. And mm. I, was re- I, I was really happy with the, to draw the ten at that point. And, I texted Bob after after, and I said, "Hey, I'm happy with our post." And he goes, "There's no such there's no such thing as a good post in a, in a 20 horse field." So <laughs> he wasn't he wasn't as excited as I was, but I was happy that uh, we drew the middle, and I think that uh, that's a good spot for him if someone on the inside goes in uh, off, and then we know the outside horses are going to show a lot of speed. So hopefully. They tuck over in front of us, and we sit right behind them. Uh, normally, uh, this were, there would be 175,000 people, roughly, uh, weather permitting. <laughs> Maybe not weather permitting, because they show up regardless, even if, it, if it's pouring rain, as I saw firsthand my own. Yeah. Uh, but, Jason, how many, so how many family members will they allow you to bring tomorrow? Uh, will you guys do the walkover? I think you normally get 20 people to walk over with you, which is something you want to be a part of. But what has Churchill Downs has done for you as far as limiting? How many people can you bring jason so yeah each owner got uh, in the kentucky derby got eight tickets um so we have a partner on this horse spencer farm so we had to split the eight tickets so we get four four each and uh and the walkover they give us two so that means uh one from all ball one from spencer if you get to do the walkover so it's uh it's a different different deal obviously the security and the and with the covid deal they're being really careful and how many people can do certain things and it's uh so it's it's different in that aspect. Um, thankfully, we've done it before. I'd be really sad if this is the first yeah. time we've ever qualified and I couldn't do the walkover. And with no crowd, it's going to be a different walkover, too. So um, they got us up on the fifth, fourth floor in Millionaire's Row, yeah. looking down on the track. It's a beautiful view. And, um, 
you know, we're just going to make the most of it. Like I said, it's still the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> yeah, and for the first time ever, Derby Week, it's easy to get a reservation in a restaurant, right? <laughs> <laughs> and it, it takes about five minutes to get out of the parking lot, which usually yeah. takes forever, and getting in has been really easy. And they've done a great job. They're parking us on the infield, sneaking us into the tunnel, and everything's been really good. And like, i got to commend Churchill Downs. They've done everything they can to make this happen, and, and it's been so far it's been great other than it's just a, just a different feeling without the fans. So, have you ever allowed yourself the the thought, oh, what if yeah, it happens? Sure. Sitting up at night, maybe a dream, <laughs> just that moment of daily, being a daily. derby winner. <laughs> daily. <laughs> daily. Every day. Yeah. Every day. Every day. I mean, I'd always think, what would it be like to be sitting next to, uh, in that winner's circle next to Bob Baffert, mm-hmm. or whoever our trainer is, and have an NBC interview, and what that feeling would be, mm-hmm. it'd just be something that every horseman in the world, that's their biggest dream, and that's the, what we're in the business for, and, and we're just hoping someday we can knock it down. You know, being the Derby for the last five years is awesome, but, man, we sure would like to have a, at least a, coming down the coming down the lane tomorrow, I sure would like to be cheering just to have a chance. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's so exciting. Oh, so I couldn't exciting. imagine. So, Jason Luch, uh, part of the yeah. Allbaugh family uh, stable with us, number 10,000 words tomorrow. Uh, Jason, as I, as I mentioned, you and I have been texting over the last few weeks. Every time your horse works, uh, I'm just blown away by uh, He's really peaking at the right time, uh, in, at least to my yeah. eyeballs. Uh, he, he looks like he's got a big chance. I guess my question to you, if I'm trying to find uh, something to maybe go against, he's never run a Churchill Downs before. A lot of horses get there. They just, for whatever reason, don't like that track. How has he Yep. Uh, been since he's got to Louisville? You know, it's been a little unfair for him to, to, to answer it's that question. Sloppy. It's been so sloppy yeah. every morning um, and really hasn't really got a train on the track like like it's going to be tomorrow afternoon. So, um, thankfully, you know, he's he's ran at, um, you know, four different tracks. Mm-hmm. And I think Del Mar, San Anita, and Los Alamitos, he's ran well at all of those. Um, so, I'm confident that he can, he's going to like the track. His dad liked the track here, so that's that's encouraging. Uh, I just, um, you know, it's it's just a big obstacle. He, he, the, the thing that scares me, he, he's always ran in small fields, and so this is a big, big field tomorrow, and I don't know, we'll just see how he reacts. The good thing is that he gets a little worked up in the paddock sometime, and tomorrow, obviously, the paddock's going to be very quiet compared to a normal mm, derby sure. day. So that's a, that's a positive for us. That, uh, but Bob's done a tremendous job with him. Uh, he's done everything he can. He's tightened the screws as hard as he could, and and if he's good enough, he's good enough. And if not, we'll we'll just have to fight them another day. But, uh, he's doing as good as he possibly can. Just after six o'clock, Jason, our Central Time, Iowa Time, Post Time tomorrow, right? Yeah, seven o'clock here. It seems late. It does. A long day late. tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a short night, I'm assuming. You probably won't get much shut eye. Uh, Jason, listen. No. Best of luck to you, to Dennis, who celebrated his birthday in fine fashion yesterday, greeting one of his horses uh, in the winner's circle. Uh, rooting for a couple of Ankeny guys to bring home a Kentucky Derby trophy. That would be something. Jason, way to go, That'd man. Be a heck of a party in Ankeny. It'd yeah. Be a heck of a party in Ankeny. You <laughs> do that. Thanks a lot for having me on. Good to talk to you, Jason. Good luck, huh? Appreciate it. Jason Luch. Uh, part of the Albaugh family racing stable, him and Dennis Albaugh, his father-in-law, Dennis Albaugh. So, uh, exactly with the the overwhelming favorite. Tis the law on top, thousand words second. 42.60. That's what it pays right now? That's a good price. For a $2 box. Or, well, it'd be a $4, right? Right, it would cost you 4 bucks. I'm going to do that. That's a good price trend. I'm going to do that. Maybe 20 at best. Now, it's early in the betting. It is. And with the Baffert backing, yeah. you're gonna, I'm going to anticipate that number is going to go lower. In my, mm-hmm. I obviously Look, have no <laughs> nothing compared to you, but I'd anticipate because people like me, all right, who's the trainer? Oh, it's a Baffert horse. <laughs> okay, I'll bet him. Yeah.
Trent, this was the best betting race of the year because there's so much money bet on the race. And up until the last five years, the favorite never won. Right. Yeah. And the favorite's going to suck in all the money like tis the law will tomorrow. If tis the law doesn't finish first or second, it's going to be huge prices, which used to be the case in this race. But it's just I'm tired of watching one favorite after another. And I won't bet them. Why why is the reason behind it? Is it just people know more? Is are these super horses just that much better? Uh, they just they just come into the race with a six race winning streak, and yeah. everybody's talking about them, and he can't be beat, and then it kills the price, and it kills the price. Yep, a lot of buzz uh, yesterday. We had um, Dick Girardi. Dick Girardi on. He yep. mentioned NY traffic. Mm-hmm. Listened to a podcast last night. It was uh, Hank Hammer Hammer oh, Hank Goldberg, hammer, yeah. and he also likes that one. So going to play around with him. He's the fifteen horse. Uh, in fact, if you uh, go with that. Exacta with the fifteen and the ten, three hundred and forty-four sixty. So what's the what's it to the sixteen honor AP? That'll be the shortest price, exacta wise. Tis the lot of honor AP's got to be what fifteen, eighteen bucks. Uh, let's see, sixteen and eighteen together. Let me scroll over here a little bit. Oh, I can... seven a seventeen sixteen ticket would be what? It would be twenty-one bucks. Mm, a little higher than I thought, but yeah. that would be the shortest price. All right, so this is going to come up in our Claxons. We're going mm-hmm. to do so in about twenty-five minutes or thereabouts. Earlier in the week, we thought that we we're just going to have to, with thousand words, hit the board, meaning the first four. I think we got to make it a little tougher. Okay. I'll be surprised if he's not in the first. You really like this horse. I love the way he's training. Yeah, I love the way he's training. I don't think he beat Tis the Law, but I think if he runs his race, I think he could be second. So and for forty two bucks, that's worth it. Tis the law is coming from way out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we Doesn't know matter. at the Derby, you don't want to be inside, right? How big though is your? You're coming out of it's the, a long. It's the entire length of the stretch, so you got a ton of time to. So find it's not that big of a deal, right? And normally it's a twenty horse race, and this this year with the scratches, I think we're down to sixteen. Yeah, the uh, one just scratched today. Is oh, that right? Did it really? Yeah, Finnick the that's, Pierce, that's Fierce? a one eyed horse. Yeah, he yeah, he didn't belong in the race anyways. Okay. And something uh, King Authent uh, King something scratched earlier in the week, um, so yeah, we're down to sixteen. Anyways, that'll be a part of Claxons, Claxons Barbecue, thirty one thirty one Eighth Street Southwest in Altoona. So I'm on the Kentucky Derby their website, and it has how much has been wagered to win on each of the horses. I don't know if this is just today sixty seven thousand five forty four on Tis the Law, and he's even money, and he's even now one to one. Uh, four thousand words with the Iowa connection. Thirteen thousand one thirty-four, and he's nine to one still. Nine to one still. Prairie Meadows, you can watch and wager at Prairie Meadows tomorrow. They will have the uh, the simulcast. And uh, talked to Bruno yesterday. I was in here doing a little work in Bruno. Bruno the the beer Bruno. Yeah, yeah. From uh, and Crazy Horse, the the new burger place that they opened up by drake right yeah they're gonna have a uh, derby party out there he told me Uh gonna have mint juleps and the like and so have you ever had a mint julep i have they're not good oh you know what next time you're filling up your car with gas take a little cup put a little bit in there i'm not i'm not no (laughs) let me stop you right but that's kind of tastes like fuel when i make it to the derby the first time i will have another but awful not my favorite, but they have a couple other drinks they're going to be doing there. Of course, their famous frozen old fashioned. Which next time I get over there, I got to try one of those. Those sound delicious. But looking for a place to watch the Derby, they'll have you hooked up there with Bruno and Company. Mm. 
Gonna be different. Nobody there. Uh, six o'clock. NBC. Six. Roughly six o'clock. Probably a few minutes past. NBC has the coverage of that. Kexano and iHeart want to help your bill. Pay your bills. This will be our final opportunity, Trent, to get a winner. We've been blanked on this promotion since we first started it. Uh, text the keyword "bank" to two hundred two hundred right now. Your chance to win a thousand dollars. Bank. To 200, 200 You'll get a confirmation text and info. Standard data and message rates apply in this nationwide contest. Iowa State conversation with Dave Sproul. They play a week from tomorrow. Dave Sproul from KASI in Ames will help us with the Cyclones when we come back after this timeout. Miller and Condon till noon. It's Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 10- If you're feeling anxious, overwhelmed, or just need someone to talk to, Children and Families of Iowa is here to help. CFI offers a complete range of outpatient and telehealth counseling services for those affected by derecho and COVID-19. CFI has offices in Ankeny, Des Moines, and Fort Dodge with telehealth services available across the state. CFI is here to help and support during this time of crisis. For more information, call 515-289-2272 or email them at cornerstoneintake at cfi.org. Ken Miller, Trent Condon, Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNO. And now on 106.3 FM. Welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Claxon's Barbecue giveaway in about 20 minutes. Dave Sproul in about one minute. But right now, uh, we're going to remind you of the Farmer's Markets, NCMIC. Nick Mick sponsors our Farmer's Market preview of the weekend. Norwalk goes tonight. The Norwalk Farmer's Market is 701 Main Street in Norwalk. Uh, they're underway tonight. Uh, what else we've got? Uh, Indianola tomorrow. What am I listening to? I have no idea. From noon until... I think I hear it over there. Where's it coming from? Blaring. I don't know what it is. Is, anyway. it, is it one of the computers in there? Maybe an autoplay. I bet it is. Something's yeah. going on. Uh, anyways, Indianola. Back to where we were. Indianola, Warren uh, County Fairgrounds, from eight until noon tomorrow. Trent, you just played the Global Green Spot Saturdays from nine until one. Uh, Bondurant. Tomorrow, you know, that's Wednesday, uh, stand corrected. Uptown Ankeny's the other one. Uptown Ankeny tomorrow. Uh, they are underway from nine until noon. So I'm not making that up, am I? I don't know where this is coming from. It's a basketball game. There's a chance for a three-point play. Anyways, nobody cares about that. I'm the only one that could hear it. I'm hearing voices in my head. Uh, let's get Dave Sproul in here. K-A-S-I in Ames. Dave, Trent, and Ken. How are you, Dave Sproul? I'm, I'm good. I'm a little worried about you guys, though. <laughs> well, I think it's just me. Trent can't hear a darn thing. I'm hearing voices. That's not I am hearing voices. Uh the NCAA, I guess particularly Iowa State, heard some voices, some positive Iowa State voices. They've got um, at least some good news for now as Tyler Harris, the Memphis transfer, he is eligible. Uh, what about uh, yeah, uh, what about Blake Henson from uh, from Old Miss? What what's the I guess what are the chances uh, that he gets a green light? Any news there? But it'd be great if you can get both of them. 
Yeah, nothing new on, on the Henson front as far as uh, I know at this point. Uh, but you got to like his chances. I mean, it, it would seem to make sense that if you're in this situation granting all players an extra year of eligibility anyway for the, the academic year that we're just in, getting into now, uh, that you would allow them to play right away if, if they so choose because, uh, I mean, the idea is that options or opportunities to play might be a little bit limited this season and, uh, you should give them the chance to make the most of it, but that's just me trying to, you know, use logic and sense here, and that's not necessarily the way NCAA always uh, operates. So, Dave, I want to get your perspective. Uh, we've heard so much as the football season gets ready to start next weekend for the Big 12. Haven't heard hardly anything on the basketball front. College basketball as a whole is talking about a bubble situation and going that route. But have you heard anything at all, plans of the Big 12, any conversations that they're having, how to get a basketball season going up this winter? Uh, I've seen some of the reports about the various angles and options that are being at least explored by by multiple conferences. And I think uh, maybe bubble isn't the best word for what, might be the leading uh, candidate to, to hold basketball right now, more of a, a kind of a pod-like system where you're not going to get every team in the league uh, you know, in the same place, kind of like the NBA is doing in Orlando and getting everybody together in one spot. But you can you know, take, some, take some measures to get the teams in more isolated situations where they maybe have less contact with the general uh, student population and things like that. And that, that might be something that really can work uh, if it's done right, of course, it's all it's all depending on having the budget and the resources necessary to test frequently and make sure you have a place to isolate players or whoever might test positive and uh, try to prevent an outbreak. So I, I think you'll see some sort of modified bubble or pod type situation uh, when the when the final. Uh, you know, proposal for basketball season comes along. Uh, let's get to football. Dave Sproul, KASI. Dave, uh, we saw Iowa State come out and with the they're going to have twenty five thousand fans in the stands. A couple of days later, they backtracked on that. I guess the uh, uh, the university got a lot of uh, negative uh, feedback from that. If this is this is Monday morning quarterback, I get it. And I thought that if there was any school that had a chance to pull it off with twenty five thousand, it was Iowa State because they are a loyal bunch, and I believe that they would have listened to their athletic director. But if they would have come out and said, you know, we're going to have seventy five hundred on 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 for for next Saturday's game against the Raging Cajuns, would that have? I mean, it seemed like the 25,000 was a big number that got everybody's attention. Had they gone a little bit smaller right off the bat, do you think it would have got the blowback and perhaps they would have, you know, at least been, you know, 7,500 in, in attendance as opposed to 25,000? Cause I believe that, you know, that maybe they, they were too, um, they went too high of a number right off the bat. Yeah, the, the words Wayne Winter seen you, the university president used in, in one of her statements was uh, too much too soon. Mm-hmm. That's probably the best way to summarize it. And maybe a more modest proposal would have had been met with a little more, uh, a little bit more uh, positive uh, review because that twenty five thousand number that represents about forty percent capacity. Mm-hmm. Even the you know the largest stadiums in the country are going closer to twenty five percent at most. So maybe Iowa State, uh, you know tried to shoot for the moon and missed a little bit on, on that one. And then you get, you see every headline uh, across the country about trying to put 25,000 people in a, in a football stadium for a game is coupled with the, the other, you know, big headline coming out of Ames was sure. that, you know, the New York times analysis said it was the number one, you know, growth in per capita in, in cases in the country. So I thought it was a little bit of an unfair assumption because it was 
based on population census numbers that are static, where those numbers actually do fluctuate when when students come back to to campus. But uh, when those two you know headlines get mashed together into one, you get twenty five thousand people at a game in the nation's hottest hot spot for COVID nineteen. That's a lot of bad publicity for Iowa State as a university and as an athletic program. Dave, after the game next week against Louisiana, it's a bye week, and then Big 12 Conference play starts. The next home game would be October 3rd against Oklahoma. From what you're hearing, do you anticipate there'll be 20 25%, whatever the number turns out to be, any fans inside the stadium for Oklahoma? I think you'd have to see a pretty dramatic reduction, and, and that is possible, again, based on the fact that uh, we're just early into the, the academic year and a lot, a lot of testing was done all at once. Uh, and So it would have to be a dramatic change. It would be, like Ken referenced, uh, a pretty major scale back in terms of just the number that you want uh, closer probably maybe to 15,000, mm-hmm. if that, uh, you know, at Jack Trey Stadium. Uh, so a lot of things would have to change, and, and a lot of things do change. A, a lot of uh, the numbers and situations can fluctuate very quickly in this situation. So I wouldn't rule it out. I would maybe consider it unlikely, but uh, not impossible. Hmm. So what uh, what does Coach Campbell still have left as far as trying to determine his starters? When we get a, a depth chart next week, I assume it'll be Monday or Tuesday, uh, whenever you guys meet uh, with with Coach Campbell, we get a depth chart for the first time. What do you think that, you know, we're sitting here on Friday morning, is what could change between now and that depth chart, position-wise or player-wise, Dave? Would it be an offensive lineman that they still are still not sure about who's going to take one of the spots on the offensive line? Would it potentially be, you know, Skates and Hutchinson are really dueling here at one of the receiver positions? That's still open throughout the weekend. Where's he at, do you think? Yeah, I think the biggest one would be offensive line. We, we talked about this before that uh, Campbell, when he met with the media last Friday, just said, you know, we, we have two guys and uh, Newell and Downing that you know is going to be starting and then three other positions that are open. And I would imagine he probably won't really you know, be too forthcoming on that until he absolutely has to. And then, uh, you know, it, it, the receiver position will be pretty interesting. I think that's more of a a situation where specific spots, whether it's slot or the outside or what what have you, is determined more than just personnel because they have tended to rotate a lot of mm-hmm. uh, players through those positions. So starting versus backup might not be a huge difference besides who's out there on the first play. Uh, and exactly where those guys line up, and you might even see guys line up as, at multiple spots along the receiver position. I think there's still some questions about defensive line, but that, like the receivers, might have more to do with depth than really who's starter versus backup, and because they're probably going to rotate a lot of guys through. And then just kind of settling that that linebacker spot and settling uh, there'll be a couple new faces in the defensive backfield who will get some playing time that will need to be settled. But they're the biggest unanswered question really, is who starts on the offensive line. Hmm. You know, last year, Dave, if memory serves, throughout the entire season, including the bowl game, the running back was, beside everybody's name, was Orr, 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 Orr. <laughs> I think that's going to change, don't you? Don't you think it's Brees Hall by himself? And then maybe once you get to that second, third, fourth spot, Noongo, uh, Jairo Brock, and, and Johnny Lang, there there might be Ors there, but it sure seems like Brees Hall's got to be on a line by himself. Do, do, doesn't it seem like that? Well, yeah, if he didn't earn that last season, I don't right. know what else he has to do to be the unquestioned starter there at tailback. And, you know, a couple of those guys you mentioned, Nwangu, uh, you know, could 
could end up maybe uh, shifting a little bit around in the in the sense that maybe they'll line up at, at running back sometimes or line up in the slot at, at receiver sometimes and maybe get those guys because with with the speed that a guy like Nuangu brings to the the field, you want to get him some some opportunities to touch the ball and make the make some plays in space and and use that speed to his advantage. So uh, that, that'll that be interesting to see if Iowa State on offense gets creative with the other running backs and, you know, just to stick Brees Hall back there and let him do his thing. We've talked a lot about Latrell Bankston and coming in in that defensive front. Ray Lima, big shoes to fill, no doubt. What other concerns do you have on the defensive side of the football with this group? Well, I think it'll just be a matter of, of chemistry, really, because we, we've seen, you know, in, in past where everybody's on the same page, you know, you get you can get a really good outcome. If they're not, then people don't know their assignments and they don't know, you know, what the other guy is doing. And then you, you end up with, with a, a bit of a mess. So uh, that's the biggest thing, integrating some of the, the newer faces in with the veterans and making sure that uh, everybody's clear and on the same page. That's always a challenge. Part of the deal with college football is that you know there's going to be turnover. And you know that there, there are going to be new guys at different spots being integrated into the, the defense as a whole. And the sooner Iowa State can get everybody on the same page when it comes to that side of the ball, the better off, obviously, they'll be. Has he identified any of those new guys that have caught his attention in camp at all so far, Dave, that you can think of? Um, I'm sure he has, although you're, you're testing my memory because nothing jumps to mind uh, right now. But uh, th- there will be some new faces for sure, making mm-hmm. some... some um, Contributions, and I think on the defensive side, that'll mostly be in the defensive backfield. I think there's there's some veterans there for sure, uh, with guys like uh, Greg Eisworth uh, anchoring that uh, field. But there's also going to be some new faces in there, and you know how it is with injuries too. That that's going to be part of the deal, and then uh, the, the depth will be tested, and some newer faces will need to, to get in there and contribute maybe sooner than expected in some cases. Davon Kyle. Ah, yeah, there's a good name that uh, both popped us, <laughs> certainly last year. Dave, what's on the agenda for uh, a football Friday night for you? Little Cyclones getting ready to, at least for uh, mm. the on the horizon, shut things down. What's, uh, what's on the horizon at 1430 tonight? Uh, Ames is hosting uh, Urbandale, and uh, the... Uh, Ames School District has kind of taken after Iowa State, and they're they're not letting the general public into the stadium tonight. Unfortunately, mm. it is Senior Night for Ames, so they're letting senior parents of players and and Good. cheerleaders uh, in to take part in in the Senior Night ceremonies. But there won't be a, much of a crowd. There won't be any crowd, in fact. <laughs> uh, and uh, I, I don't think Urbandale fans will be allowed at all as Jeez. well. So that'll be a very different feel for everybody involved uh, with that one. And then. With uh, the Ames School Board earlier this week making the decision to go to online uh, classes only and the start of the school year being on Tuesday, the next two weeks of games for Ames High have been wiped away, which is uh, unfortunate, but also kind of the reality of the situation. Uh, Des Moines School Districts are going through this too as well. So it's it's not uh, that Ames is in the, alone in that boat, but obviously it's it's not easy for players and coaches to you know, have to deal with that news and then get out there and, and try to get ready to play a game against a really good Urbandale squad tonight, but we'll see how it works out. Yeah, it's got to be different. Do you know, Dave, I know that the uh, Des Moines public schools have gone to the courts to try and get an injunction. Will Ames just piggyback on that? Would they have to file separately? I'm guessing if Des Moines public schools win or get their injunction, that uh, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe, maybe Ames wouldn't uh, get the thumbs up. Do you know how that would work? Yeah, uh, left my law degree at home, so uh, I, I don't. I, I can't give you details on that. I'm sure Ames is looking at that Des Moines case with very 
uh, interested eyes. And, and Ames had filed its own lawsuit, and I don't know where that stands in light of the decision to go to online only because Ames had developed its own, before deciding to go online only, they had developed a hybrid model that the state education department rejected. So Ames was challenging that in court. So I, I don't know where that will stand, but uh, the Des Moines school really, their lawsuit re- revolves closer to the uh, the situation at hand with uh, athletics and other extracurricular activities being shut down altogether in an online-only situation. When will we get a depth chart for week one against the Ragin' Cajuns? You guys get Campbell, what, Tuesday or Monday? Uh, Traditionally, he has had news conferences on Tuesdays, but if memory serves, depth charts have come out on Mondays. So we could see one as early as as Monday, unless they decide to push it back a day due to the Labor Day holiday. Well, let, let's uh, text over the weekend because we need you on Tuesday, and I don't want to certainly interrupt the Zoom with uh, Coach Campbell. Uh, we do have a coach's show on uh, Monday night, uh, 1460 and 106.3, and I'm assuming KASI carries it, correct? Absolutely. So you'll be well. There's three options right there: fourteen thirty, fourteen sixty, or one hundred six point three. That's six thirty. The first one of the season, uh, the Iowa State Coaches Show. Dave, uh, have a wonderful three days. We'll talk to you on Tuesday, game week. We'll go over those depth charts. Fingers crossed that we have some, or perhaps we can glean something out of uh, John Walters and Matt Campbell and company on the Coaches Show on Monday night. Thank you, Dave Sproul. Have a good weekend. Thank you, gents. Enjoy the holiday. Indeed. Dave Sproul, KASI. The Cyclones play on 1430 in Ames. KASI. Uh, coach the show. The curtain goes up Monday at 630. It's here. It is here. What we day? made it. Have you seen a point spread yet? I have not. I don't know when that probably won't come out until, uh, when do they normally come out? Sunday. Uh, college Monday morning. Yeah. Usually well, and usually, I, it, there is no usual with this year, is there? Right, yeah. Because this is technically week one games, but not really because there's some games this weekend. What would you guess? Give me. I don't have the slightest. Give me an estimation. Touchdown. I was more at the 10, 10 and a half. No, range. there's no home field advantage anymore. But there is. You still have to travel to get yep, there. That's true. And they got a long, they got a long, uh, long trip. That's, that's true. Under knowing. No fans in locker the Locker rooms. But yeah, in terms of. Mm-hmm. Sound. So more so three. Do you want to put it at three? Three. Probably a pretty fair Two one. Two and a half, three. All right. I have uh, a number here from a power rating system. I have to find Louisiana Lafayette in this system in order to uh, to put it together. Oh, they can't be down this far. Louisiana, 60. It would be with this 11 and a half. That's a big number. Without any home field advantage, it'd be 11 and mm. a half. So, Bigger than I thought. Yeah. All right, let's do this. Claxons, is just is your opportunity to get on in here at 2845966. We'll take the first four callers. We'll give you four questions and a tiebreaker. If you get the most right, you'll get a $25 gift certificate from Claxons. The runner-up will get... $25 to the winner, $25 to the runner-up. We're taking the first four callers. If you're getting a ring, that means you're in. If you're getting a busy signal, because we only have four lines coming in here, that means you're out. So the first four of you right now, and we've got you, 2845966. If you're getting a ring, stay right there. We'll do klaxons on the other side of this timeout. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO and 106. Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back. We have an open line. We had somebody had to drop off, so we'll take one more contestant. Two eight four five nine six six. Tyler, Todd, Corey, you stay right there. 
We'll line up one more, 2845966. While we do that, news from Iowa State, who had originally projected a deficit of $17.5 million. That number is now up to $30 million. Uh, Jamie Pollard just put out a release that they will have more uh, additional layoffs, additional payroll reductions. They will look at eliminating sports, keeping in mind Title IX. But here, the one of the bigger ones, Stevens Auditorium, uh, is looks like it's going to close, perhaps temporarily. Uh, it says indefinitely. They operate at a deficit in Stevens Auditorium every year, uh, but now they can no longer absorb that. So Stevens Auditorium and uh, everything that was scheduled in there has been all future shows canceled, closed indefinitely. Looking at eliminating sports as the deficit has gone from seventeen up to thirty thousand dollars. Claxton's thirty one thirty one Eighth Street Southwest in Altoona. We have all our contestants. We'll give you four. Props, you give us four answers. If you get the most right, $35 Claxton's gift certificate. The runner-up gets 25 We're going to have to sprint here, Trent Condon. Tyler is up first. Hi, Tyler. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. Uh, the Ankeny-owned horse in the Kentucky Derby, his name is Thousand Words. Will he finish in the top three? No. BYU is a point-and-a-half favorite over Navy on Monday night. BYU. Lakers give six-and-a-half to the Rockets tomorrow. Um, Lakers. New York Islanders, Philadelphia Flyers, Game 7 tomorrow night. Who advances? Islanders. Uh, Here's the tiebreaker. This is closest without going over, uh, Tyler. Valley, Dowling, total points tonight. 40. Have a good weekend, Tyler. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, Todd is with Miller and Condon. Hi, Todd. Hi, how are we doing? Well, I'm doing well, thank you. Thousand words. Does he finish in the top three in the Derby? Yes. BYU is a point and a half favorite over Navy on Monday. Uh, Navy. Lakers give six and a half to Houston on the hardwood tomorrow night. Lakers. Islanders or Flyers in game seven tomorrow? Islanders. Valley Dowling, total points tonight, closest without going over. Uh, let's go 44. Todd, have a good weekend. You too. Thank you. Corey's next with Miller and Condon. Hi, Corey. How are you? Good, thanks. Thousand words. Does he finish in the top three in the Derby? No. BYU's a point and a half favorite over Navy on Monday. BYU. Lakers give six and a half to Houston tomorrow. Go with Houston. Islanders or Flyers in game seven tomorrow night? Islanders. Valley Dowling, total points, closest without going over. 52. Corey, have a good weekend. Thank you. Thank you. And Matt slid in here. Hello, Matt. How we doing? Doing fine, thanks. Thousand words. Does he finish in the top three in the Derby? Yes. BYU is a point and a half favorite over Navy. Who do you want there? Navy. Lakers giving six and a half to Houston tomorrow. Lakers. Islanders Flyers, game seven tomorrow. Islanders. Valley Dowling, total points, closest without going over, Matt. 48. Have a good weekend, Matt. Thank you. Thanks. Then thank you to Claxons. Claxonbbq.com. Claxonbbq.com. 3131 8th Street Southwest in Altoona. In business over 20 years. Well, I'm clubbed. What happened? All four people took the Islanders. It's over. 
Yeah. They all took the Islanders. They all took the no Islanders. Philly love. Islanders have been the better team in the series. Should I buy the, the Flyers on the money line just to mm. generate a little something? The Islanders have won their three games in regulation. The Flyers have won their three games in overtime. How crazy. It is. It's nuts. So hockey's been great. We've got two game sevens today. One at... 3 o'clock on USA, then later on, and then another Game 7 tomorrow. We'll be down to four teams, and they'll all uh, take place in Edmonton, the conference, and then the Stanley Cup. Uh, we're on we're on the on um, pace for Clippers, Lakers, aren't we? we yes. Don't we need to see that? Oh, I think it would be so, so good. The Nuggets, not much resistance no, last night. very little. Not, I couldn't get into it, Trent, at all. I, I tried, same thing, yeah. and I just went over the football. I watched yeah, me too. A, a lot of South Alabama <laughs> South Jaguars. It was good to hear. Just, a, yes. just it's good to see football. Pads popping. Yep, that was nice. Uh, BYU Navy, the best game, mm-hmm. at least on paper, the weekend. That's you were right on that Army game, by the way, against Mid. It is early, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, twelve thirty. That's what I thought. CBS Sports Network has that okay. one. Good. So that'll be a early afternoon kickoff for that one. The nightcap. Memphis will probably kill Arkansas State, but they Arkansas should. State can score. Might be a shootout points, huh? there. Yeah, might that could be fun. Uh, second best game in high school football today will be played where. Well, it's or have you ba- even looked? Yeah, <laughs> not a whole lot, but it's the battle for the boot. Iowa City, City High, okay. plus the last game for those teams. Oh, jeez. Yeah. That, that, that one's a pretty big one. Over high school sports going to be in the spotlight big time next week. Right? Yes, it is. All right, have a wonderful in game weekend. Week. In game week. For Iowa that. State. How about that? Uh, there's no local programming on Monday. Still local programming to go, though. Murph and Andy at 2, the Fanatics at 4. Saturday morning pregame, tomorrow morning at 8 o'clock. Sadly, Tuesday will be here before we know it. But on the bright side, Morning Rush gets you going. We're Miller and Condon, weekdays 10 to noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, 106.3 FM. Football Friday night tonight starts.